with Pastor Carl Henderson, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. This is your host, Sister Maria. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, we are bold, we are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience by the Word of God. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m., Tuesday Bible study 7 p.m., and Thursday Acts of the Holy Ghost. If you are looking for a church home, looking for ministry, We invite you to join us, grow with us, and allow God to be God. The next voice you will hear after our praise and worship will be our pastor and yours, Pastor Carl Henderson. Join us as we welcome the Word of God.
And certainly God has blessed this young lady and she has her own testimony that she can give. But you know, we're all about seeking the Lord and blessing him. Now, this is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church. I just want to encourage you. I'm excited about Jesus this morning as I should be. And I hope you are too. God bless you.
No, just like no one can pray to him like you can. No one can express your innermost being unto the Lord like you. We're gonna we're gonna go into the word of God, but before we go, I I I, I want you to you heard this song before, and I, I'm playing it because as we learn it, I want you to learn it too. You know, now I believe that that we need to uh, that as we come together. I, I certainly did not get up this morning, even as pastor, to come to the house of God that has been consecrated and dedicated for for this moment just to be here. I came with expectations. I came to greet the Lord. I came to entreat him. I came to invite him. I came to welcome him. And I, I pray and I hope that you did the same. But but I want you to listen to this. Well, not just listen to it, but but get grab the words of it because this prayer is the sentiment of my heart that as we come into the house of God, that this is what it's all about. This is what we need. And so I want you to, to grapple to this before we go into the word of God. I'm not going to play all of it because I'm mindful of the time. But, you know, we need to usher in. And that's what we're about at Cornerstone. We, we know that we need the presence of the Lord. We need to usher in His presence. And so we're not just going through emotion.
someplace else different uh, but thank God for your presence uh, you're listening here to join in with us on this sixth day of June 2021 uh, as we go into the word of God and again I, you want to be in the presence of the Lord that's what it's all about when we come to church whatever assembly that you are part of when you arrive there you want to be in the presence of the Lord uh, there's no other reason for being there except to present ourselves unto him. The Bible said in the book of Job that there was a day when the sons of God came together to present themselves. And that's what we're doing. We're coming together to present ourselves unto the Lord. And so uh, I'm not going to bore your patience, and I know I'm not going to get through all that I have here, but I, I'll do my best to get through as much as I can as the Lord will. And certainly we want the Lord's will to be done. I want to iterate, reiterate this prophecy to you, and that is, blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. So if you're looking for a blessing, uh, or a, a minister to reiterate something impacting your natural life, here it is, as well as your spiritual life. Uh, blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things that are written therein, for the time is at hand. 
If you're looking for empowerment, not a motivational speaker. Some are looking for a motivational speaker to motivate them. Well, you know, fear is a motivator. And so is uh, the gifts and greatness of God. That's a motivation too. And so uh, if you're looking for a motivational speaker, but uh, power from when you can apply the word of God, here it is. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Uh, on this day, there are many that uh, which are celebrating Pentecost. And we recognize Pentecost. I, I, I recognize many of the festivities and holidays that the scripture has outlined and told the children of Israel to recognize. Uh, you know, I don't know how we got away from not recognizing those things. Uh, but uh, today is a day of recognition uh, for some of uh, Pentecost. And so they're celebrating. Pentecost means 50th. And you can find that in Exodus, just a few scriptures, 34, 22, Leviticus 23, and Deuteronomy 16. You know, uh, it, it was known also as the celebrate or the celebration of the Feast of the Weeks uh, with the first fruits of the wheat harvest and the festival uh, and gathering in the turn of the year. Now, what is significant, and the reason I mention that, because it ties into our teaching of Revelation. Uh, we're going into our into the teaching there, and so what is significant about the remembrance of this day is that it triggered or set a chain of uh, events in motion. Now, Bible students, uh, uh, those of you that have been in Bible class and listening, uh, uh, you can search this out, and I'm sure you'll come up with the answer uh, very quickly because it's found in the first few chapters of uh, Acts. And so the spoken word this morning, Revelation 1, 4 through 6, I ask that you pray with me, pray for me. And so the Bible says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory. And dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, there is a scripture in Acts that, as we've been teaching on Thursdays through the book of Acts as well, uh, that uh, ties to this particular scripture, the fifth verse that we read, that unto him who loved us and washed us from our own, from our sins in his own blood, that says it was God uh, that did that. And so I'll leave that as an open question for, again, for you Bible students. The book of Revelation is a correlation of messages delivered in part since the beginning of time. The difference is what John, what John is seeing is more complete. So it is it, not like uh, Enoch's prophecy. Enoch in the, said, uh, the, the uh, Jew, uh, the brother of James brought, said that Enoch prophesied and said that the Lord is going to return with ten thousands of his saints. 
Uh, it's more, what John is saying is much more than what Daniel saw. Daniel saw the rise of kingdoms, uh, the Antichrist and the Messiah, his death, resurrection, and, uh, and the establishing of the kingdom of God. What Daniel did not see is the dispensation of grace, which is considered or called the time of the Gentiles, which is where we are right now. We are in the dispensation of grace. We are in a time that Daniel and the prophets did not see. Paul brought this out uh, as a revelation that God had given him, that this is a dispensation of time. And there are multiple dispensations, and, and I won't go through all that today because I'm trying to stay streamlined on what I, I have unless the Holy Ghost uh, moves me in a different direction. The writers of Psalms spoke about the establishing uh, of God's kingdom, preceded uh, by his judgment of righteousness uh, and his judgment against unrighteousness. Psalms 9, 1 through 5 says, I will praise thee, Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When my enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. For thou hast maintained my right and my cause that sitteth on the, in the throne, in the throne judging right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen and destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. Uh, Psalm 50, and, uh, beginning at the third verse, says, Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be tempest uh, round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth, and he shall judge his people. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself, Selah. So the day is coming that he is going to gather together the saints. Uh, the Lord has referred to his people as saints since he delivered them uh, out of Egypt. And, you know, I, I often, as I, in my conversations with others, you know, God calls us saints. We're to be saints set aside for him. And why did we ever change or why did people change what God has called us to something that a group of people making fun of you have called? God has not changed that. Uh, that's why Enoch said the Lord is coming back with 10,000 of his saints. And that's what God referred. Listen, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and to the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and have made us kings and priests unto him, uh, unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The thought that I would like to present today is that we are his royal diadem. Uh, maybe you didn't think of yourself as being something or someone special, but we are his royal diadem. 
Now, a diadem is a jeweled crown or a headband worn as a symbol of sovereignty. It represents victory. It is a mark of honor. It is a badge of royalty. First uh, Peter 2, 9 and 10 says, We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that we should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know, something about what God has done that should make all of us that believe go cuckoo cuckoo puss. It's something about what God has done uh, that it, it supersedes any and everything that you could possibly think about. And it is marvelous. He's brought us into a marvelous situation. Uh, we were not a people of God, but he made us a people. Uh, we did not have mercy. But he gave us mercy. And some of us can look back and think about the mercy that God has had upon each one of us. Some of us can think, uh, uh, know that it's the grace of God that led us to repentance. We know it was the grace of God that kept us. When had we died, we would have died in our sins. And we would have been like the rich man that looked up and saw, the, and saw a poor man Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham. And being told that there's no way out, there's no fire escape, there's no fire extinguisher, there's no stairwell for you to run down, uh, there's, there, there's nobody with a master key that's going to allow you out of it. But, but there is a great gulf between you and those that you see. A matter of fact, uh, let me just say this, those that the rich man is looking up into the presence of the Lord and seeing those, seeing Lazarus, Lazarus is not looking down into hell. He's not looking down into hell. But the rich man in hell is looking up and seeing what he missed out on. You don't want to be like the rich man. You don't want to be like that one that looks up and see what they missed out on. You know, we know the feeling of, of what it means to miss out on something just in our natural lives. To, to miss out on the opportunity, to miss out on, on what we could have had, you know, to miss out. And we know how bad we felt. We know the tears that it brought to our eyes, whether we admit it or not. We know the, the feeling of despair and, and hope that we felt. We know. Uh, the moment that we didn't want to show our face, we just want to climb under the cup. We know the feeling of missing out on something. My godfather, uh, the, the late uh, uh, elder Robert Irvin, uh, made this statement in teaching us young men. He said, uh, he said, the worst two words in the human language, that uh, the worst two words is too late. Too late. You don't ever want to hear it being said too late. You arrive at the, uh, I had a friend that was going, uh, that uh, a rare opportunity to be picked up by the Beverly Hills Police Department as a female officer. And there was traffic on the freeway, even though she left on time. It got there a few minutes, a few minutes, and was told too late. Uh, there's been other instances. You, you run to catch the bus. Miss it by a month too late. 
Mr. Train, too late. Got to wait for the next one. A missed opportunity. This is one opportunity you do not want to miss. And you don't want to cause no one else to miss it. You don't want to, you want to do everything that you can to encourage others not to miss this opportunity. The word marvelous means exciting, wonderful, surprising, astonishing. It means you are in possession of qualities of, or characteristics, nothing less than a miracle by supernatural power. God's power. He, when he says we've been called into uh, out of darkness into this marvelous light, this is exciting. It's wonderful. It is surprising. I, I know that I've been kind of surprises with the Lord. I, even in preparation of, of, for this morning, I, I was was given a surprise that that I did not know. And, and so, uh, it's nothing less than a miracle by the supernatural power of God. He don't have anything less than what is supernatural. It, it means you are incredible. You're incredible. And you need to tell yourself you're incredible. As a matter of fact, I, I'll tell you, uh, sisters, you are incredible. Daughter, you're incredible. Uh, sons, you're incredible. Brother, you're incredible. You're incredible. You are wonderfully made, and God does not think anything less about you than what I just described. It is, uh, it's you that determine the quality, the understandings. Like the, uh, the GIA, which is the Gemological Institute of America, has standards for diamonds. Now, I, I like that they use the word GIA, but um, or that's the you, you know um, for what it stands for. The but but listen, there is also GIA, which is a name, which is the uh, Italian for God is gracious. So I, I like that better. God is gracious, and He's been gracious to us. The standards arrange from D to V when you're looking at diamonds, uh, gentlemen. You, you might want to. Uh, know that and understand what it means and how to look at diamonds. But listen, the Bible tells us in First Timothy, in Second Timothy nine, uh, nineteen is described like this: nothing less. It, it says it, it, nothing less. The foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal: the Lord knoweth them that are His, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ. Depart from iniquity, but in a great house there are uh, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but of also of wood and of earth, and some of honor and some of dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Like the diamond, you go through extreme heat. You go through extreme pressure. To get a diamond to a point of mining for extraction requires a vital act, uh, like a volcanic eruption. And so you go through things and, and you deal with things and, uh, that, that take you uh, uh, into situations that, that sometimes you, you wonder 
Uh, why me? Why am I dealing with this? Why do I have to go through that? Now, I'm not talking about stuff that we put ourselves through, but I'm talking about some things that come upon you suddenly. Persecution that come upon you suddenly. Situations that come upon you suddenly. Things just begin to happen suddenly, and you were right in all that you were doing. You were fair in all that you were doing. And so uh, suddenly things happen, and you don't know why it's occurring. And so uh, there you go through hell and high water. Uh, you endure the suffering without compromise. Bless you. Thank you. You endure the hell and the suffering that you're going through without any compromise. Uh, the reason that you're going through that is for the extraction process. Because if you recall what I said, in order for the diamond to come up into a point of mining, it has to go through uh, some turbulence. It has to go through what uh, has been deemed as volcanic eruption. In other words, the heat, the pressure, and the things that extracted it, that caused it to move up to the surface so that it can be mined. You go through hell, high water. You know, as we used to talk about uh, when, when the, uh, the reality show and stuff first came out, you know, you go through hell's kitchen. You know, you're going to feel the heat. And so it is to bring you to a point where you're ready for extraction. We're just about ready for extraction. And so the Bible says that John... To the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven, from the seven spirits which are before his throne. The message is clear. It's to the church. It's to the churches which are in Asia. And so we see uh, later, uh, we'll see Ephesus, later we'll see uh, Samaria. Later we'll see Pergamos and we'll see uh, Thyatira and Sardis and, and, and Philadelphia and Laodicea uh, not only uh, presented John's day but it also presents our day. Uh, it's important to note the greeting of grace and the greeting of peace that has been extended to the churches. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says for I know uh, the thoughts that I think of you, uh, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. God has expectations too, and that is of a royal diadem. Uh, he was clear and very concise about who he was, uh, which is, which was, and which is to come. This was a reminder to John. Uh, these were not just words being spoken, but, but the Lord understood and knew that John would get it. Uh, he gave him something. <coughs> Excuse me. He gave John a, uh, a point of reference to better understand. Sometimes we need a, a reference point. And so 1 John 1 uh, and 1 and 2 uh, shows us that. He said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. 
For the life was manifested, and we see, and bear witness, and show unto you the eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. Thank you, Holy Ghost. John knew and knows this is a not a figment of his imagination, and he knows that he is not dreaming. Uh, Luke 24 and 19 begins and says, And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, word uh, before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him, but we have, uh, we have trusted that had been he which was, or which should have redeemed Israel, besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came saying, uh, they had also seen a vision of angels which said he is, uh, he is alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found him not. Dropping down to the 30th verse, it says, and it came to pass as he sat at meat with them. They, they had an encounter. They sat at meat with him. And he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to them. And their eyes were open. And they knew him. And, and, and he vanished out of their sight. And they looked at one another and they said, Did not our hearts burn while we talked with us and while he opened the scriptures unto us? It was a strong awakening of his presence. And so uh, God will substantiate uh, by his word. And so in the way he spoke to those after the resurrection, and the way he spoke to John while he was uh, having this vision was to let him know that, man, you're not dreaming. Uh, I want you to know that this is real. This is the real deal. And so you don't have to believe. Uh, listen, you don't have to believe the apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors or teachers, but, uh, but you better believe the word of God. Uh, Psalms 32, 132 and 2 says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee. O Lord, when thou hear the word out of my mouth, his diadem is going to praise him, is going to give glory unto him, is going to magnify him. Uh, his word is the standard in which the true apostles, the true prophets, the true evangelists, the true pastors and teachers uh, have one goal in mind, and that is for the perfection of the saints till we all come into the measure of the statue of the man Christ Jesus. Bless you, Lord God. Uh, the Bible tells us that and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Uh, I was looking at this, and you know, you got to be careful when you're reading and you're searching because there are those that uh, that mix up the word of God. Uh, you know, uh, they took the seven spirits of God in which the scripture plainly identifies and gave them names in uh, Catholicism, uh, gave them beings as in angelic beings. But listen here, uh, we're about the truth. We're about the word of God. Not about the council of the Nicaea or, or what happened after Constantine of Rome, but, but we're talking about the true word, the living word, the word of God. 
which says the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the knowledge, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The first, the spirit of the Lord. The second, the spirit of wisdom. The third, the spirit of understanding. The fourth, uh, the spirit of counsel. The fifth, the spirit of power. The sixth, the spirit of knowledge. The, the seventh, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, uh, in which uh, judgment he will judge after, not judge after his sight, nor reprove after his hearing. In other words, the Bible said that in him was the fullness of the Godhead body. And so therefore, the fullness of God was in him, was embodied in the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten son of the father. The Bible said that he's going to, uh, he's not going to judge situations by what he sees. Because sight can be deceptive. He's not going to judge situations by, uh, by uh, what he hears, because hearing can be deceptive. But he's going to judge them by the spirit of the Lord. It's going to be judged by the spirit of wisdom. It's going to be judged by the spirit of understanding, by the spirit of counsel, by the spirit of power, by the spirit of knowledge, by the spirit of the fear of the Lord. They thought, they thought Solomon did something great. Uh, when they went to Solomon and, and said that, that my, my child, two women went to him and, and said that my child, uh, you know, was stolen by the other woman after we ate the other child. You, you know, they were starving and the situation was bad. And so uh, they made a deal and she stole the child and claimed it as being hers. And Solomon said, well, give me a sword. Let's just cut it in half. And when the mother said no, uh, don't do that. Let the child live. Then he rewarded and gave it back to the rightful parent. Well, the Bible tells us that a wiser than Solomon is here. Uh, Solomon did not have the seven spirits of God that was, uh, but he had the wisdom. Uh, but but God has uh, the manifestation that was here on earth. Uh, he which was and once and, and now is uh, had the seven spirits of God, uh, a life uh, form. Oh my God, bless your name, Jesus. Well, who had the, the knowledge, something that was alive inside of him, uh, that was working things out on our behalf. Oh, bless your Lord God. These seven spirits, the weight of true judgment is dependent upon the spirit of knowledge, uh, the spirit of, of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of power, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. True judgment is dependent upon all these things. Can you imagine if we had judges uh, sitting on the bench in the courthouses that had the spirit of the Lord? If they had wisdom, understanding, counsel, power, knowledge, and, and the fear of God, it would make a difference. You wouldn't have crooked DAs. You wouldn't have crooked officers. You wouldn't have folks being sentenced and, and spending years in jail, uh, living in that pit hole of hell, uh, dealing with situations uh, that they had to endure because of an unrighteous judge. Oh, if they had the power of God, then there would be true judgment. Uh, the Bible tells us and lets us know that Lucifer uh, uh, cannot have and, and hold a permanent characterization, a permanent position or characteristics. But God's diadem is a reflection of those things. His diadem is a reflection of his spirit. 
The diadem is a reflection of his wisdom, understanding, counsel, power, knowledge, and his fear of how great he is. Uh, the Bible says for Jesus, uh, who is a faithful witness. Are you a faithful witness this morning? Are you willing to be a witness for the Lord? Uh, John was a witness for the Lord. And so the, uh, he's begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our own, uh, from our sins uh, with his own blood. He has made us kings and priests unto, the, unto God the Father and to him be glory, dominion forever and ever. You know, I, I, when we look at the word of God, uh, you're going to find that there is such a uh, enormous blessing that is being pronounced uh, throughout the book of Revelation. And so you're going to want to stick with it. You're going to want to get in it. You're going to want to tell somebody else about it. Uh, because the Bible pronounces us as kings and priests. Uh, it, it's not determined upon what others think about you, but what and see and how God looks at you. Oh my God, as I begin to set and to read the word of God, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop because uh, time is running out. Uh, but listen here, uh, the Bible tells us that, uh, that the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness. In other words, the world is going to see the righteousness of God upon you. Uh, they might have saw you in your downtime. They might have saw you when things was not going right. They might have saw you when you was high. They might have saw you when you was low. They may have saw you when you was polluted in your own blood. They may have saw you when you were stinking, when you were just all messed up. They might have saw you when you had just stopped doing what you was doing. But the Bible says that there's going to be a day and a time that they're going to see you and they're going to see your righteousness. They're going to see you clothed in righteousness. They're going to see you uh, shoed in righteousness. They're going to see you wearing righteous righteousness all over you. It's going to be undeniable. It's going to be righteousness. It's just going to be all right. Can you say all right? It's just going to be all over you. And can't nobody erase it off of you. Can't nobody take it away from you. Oh, my God, the kings and everybody in authority positions that, you know, around the world is going to see your righteousness. They're going to see what God has done. Uh, you ought to give God a praise for your righteousness and what the Lord has done. Uh, the Bible said that Gentiles shall see his righteousness and, and, and all the kings thy glory. And so God's going to glorify you. They're going to see the illumination. Uh, just like the sun uh, illuminates the moon and gives a reflection at night, uh, they're going to see the illumination and the greatness of God. And the Bible said that thou shalt be called by a new name. And, you know, we like talking about that new name here. Uh, the fact that uh, they're not going to know you as as, uh, as Carl. They're not going to know you as, as Timothy. They're not going to know you as John. They're not going to know you as Mary or Martha or, or, or Jennifer or Julie. They're not going to know you, but you're going to have a new name. And they're not going to be able to, uh, to call you by that name. Because uh, the Bible tells us, and, and I don't want to go too far in it, but those that, that make it is going to receive a reward. And that reward is going to have a, a, a new name in it. And so uh, the Bible said, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. And thou shalt be crowned of glory in the hand of the Lord. A crown of glory. You. You. A crown of glory. And a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. 
Now, I had went through and, and, and prepared what I thought was in my studies, and you know, and I, I'm preparing and, and, and everything, and, and, and before I, I, I began to shut down, I, I stopped and, you know, I, I knew what I was thinking, what the thought that was in my mind. But then the Spirit of the Lord led me to dig a little deeper. And when I dug, that's when I found the scripture that confirmed the thought that was placed in my spirit. That's what I meant by God will surprise you. And we're, we're not a church that believes in, in preaching a, a, just a, a message. We're going to give it a good title. I'm not good at giving titles anyway. So uh, and there, there are so many others that, you know, that. But listen. But when it comes down to the word of God, we want the unadulterated. We want the truth. We want the word. We want what God has to say. And if it's not backed up by his word, you don't have to believe it. You're not obligated. That's why I said you don't have to believe the apostle. You don't have to believe the evangelist or the prophet, the pastor, the teacher. And, you know, those are the only titles that the Lord has given. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know where the other stuff come from, but, but what the Bible says we ought to believe when they, when they give the word of God. And you ought to be able to go back to the word of God and search it out. You ought to be able to go back to the word of God and find what the preacher said. You ought to be able to go back to the word of God and confirm what was said. Now, if you can't confirm it, ooh, they, sent a, they gave us a rhema word. Listen, if it can't be confirmed by the scripture, they gave you a bunch of rain. That's all they gave you. It needs to be confirmed by the scripture. And we don't say what that rain consisted of. But, you know, somebody said it, it rained cat and dogs. I'll put it like that. All they gave you was a bunch of rain. You want the unadulterated word. We are his diadem. Therefore, we got to keep ourselves in the position of righteousness. We're going to keep ourselves in a state, no matter what. I can't stress this enough. That if you find yourself in any situation, any trouble, any uh, desire that you know is going to pull you away from God, that's going to hinder your walk, don't do it. Don't do it. I was sharing this with a young man. I said, man, I said, it's better to, to curl up in your bed at night and cry yourself to sleep than to give in to the wages of sin, to give in for that, to that moment of pleasure. Don't do it. What are you sacrificing to do that? Here we are, God has taken us through the, the and has put it, we have gone through to arrive at where we are right now in this point in our lives where God has saved us, sanctified us, prepping us for extraction, getting us ready so that we won't, because we're studying the book of Revelation, but we're going to have some knowledge of it because we're studying it, but we're certainly not going to be here to see it. We're not going to be here to see it. Now, those that, that want to be here to see it and you got a plan that's better than God's plan, I, I'm not going to say God bless you because that, that's a non-blessed situation to be in. No. Mm -mm. I'm going to be a martyr I don't think so. But if you believe that, the Bible said that believe a lie and be damned. 
there are those that have so many different beliefs about what the word of God, so many different beliefs and teachings that if you just get in the word of God, you'll see that his intention is to save us from wrath to come, not to have you in it. And I like the movies where, you know, I was watching, I was channel surfing and I came across a movie where this, this little boy was, was demon possessed and his brother was like, take me, take me. And, and the demon went from the little boy to the, to the big brother. Like, you're a fool. Instead of letting the, the minister uh, cast the demon out, you, you're hurting him, you're hurting him. And, and, and I'll take the demon. And then he wind up in jail for murder. Uh, this is supposed to be based upon a true story. This is what they proclaim. There is no beauty in sacrificing yourself like that. Take me, I'll, I'll die. You're not prepared to die. You're not prepared to stand in the presence of the Lord. You need to get prepared. You need to be ready when he calls your name. You need to be ready to meet the Lord. If you are not ready today, if you're not ready now, and the Lord call you, you're not all of a sudden going to get ready. Well, I'm going to be like the thief on the cross. Listen, you don't know anything about that man on the cross. You don't know nothing about his spirit. You don't know nothing about what was in his heart. You don't know nothing about his personality. So, how, so you'll never be like him. So you'll never receive, be a recipient of what he received that day. After the cross, the Lord told them that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name. He told them to go and baptize in them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And they did that. But when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they asked him, man and brethren, what must we do to be saved? They said, repent, every one of you. I'm, telling, I'm reiterating what the word of God says. Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. That's what baptism is for. And he said, you shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is a promise. Well, for those of you Bible students that heard what I said earlier, those that have been listening, those that that have been in Bible class, you know that that the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, Peter said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, God will pour out his spirit. Those that are tearing for the Holy Ghost, those that have the Holy Ghost, you're walking around with something, a knowledge, and you're walking around with something inside of you that is, that is that says these are the last days this is a trigger this is something a reminder though it hasn't happened and yes you've heard it for years they were preaching the coming of the Lord even as we read throughout the scriptures that is Bible and the Bible is not antiquated it is not an old book we're living in the Bible days the scriptures that we read have not been fully fulfilled, but yet they are unfolding right before our eyes.
they're unfolding, they're happening. And so if you're out of the ark of safety, you're gonna want, you want to get in. You want to get in before the door is closed. When the door is closed, it's too late. When the door is closed, no one's going to be able to open it for you. When the door is closed, there will be no recognition of who you are. But I believe, but you are not obedient. But I believe, the Bible said only believe. The devil believes and he trembles. That's what the Bible says. You ought to be motivated by the word of God to act upon what God is saying today and not putting it off. Too many people are putting things off. Too many have left unprepared. Too many are living beneath their privilege. We are stir our minds up. You're not part of his royal diadem if you're not keeping yourself separated unto him. Ladies, you have boyfriends that are not saved. They got the, they got the, why, it, why buy the uh, milk when I can have the whole cow? And vice versa. Gentlemen that are saved, uh, well, I, I got me a girl for when I'm, when I have that moment where I need, listen, you need to save yourself. I, I really want to say you need to grow up and save yourself. Because that's not a mature situation to be in. Neither is it right in the eyes of God. Neither will you be saved. The Bible said, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Too many times people talk about obey me, I'm your husband. Listen, it also said, husband, as Christ loved the church and sacrificed himself. So there is a balance. There is a balance that we all, somebody say all, We all must adhere to, to be saved. We all must obey because God, because the Bible said that he, he, he wants obedience. There we go. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Sacrifice is not going to save you. Obedience will. And that sacrifice, you know, people giving off. So-and-so gave, gave, mega to the church, you know, and they, they open up a center in his name and all that. That's not going to save you if you're not obedient. Let's be obedient and seek God. We are his royal diadem. Therefore, there is glory to be revealed in each one of you. As you go on your day, as you go on your way, there is glory to be revealed. There's illumination. You know, it's nice to see a, a you, you've seen a, a, a nice ring or some jewelry and, and it caught your attention because it had a certain brilliance to it as you pass by from across the room, you know, or maybe as you pass by the window or somebody was wearing it. That's you. And God wants to illuminate you just like that. Matter of fact, he is going to illuminate you just like that. Listen, this is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church.
524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That is Pomona, California. And certainly we want to, uh, to encourage you to share the word of God with someone else. Tell them to type in SML or SML inside the pages. Google it. You'll find us on iHeart, on Spotify, Amazon, and other podcast carriers. I want you to remember that the songs featured are respectively the, the property of our psalmists and artists and uh, their producers. So we certainly want to respect that. And, and so I hope that, that you have been blessed. I want to see you here or to see you there. Get ready for the extraction, like the diamond. So when you encounter something, just know that as the scripture says, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord.